You're listening to Creatives Prevail, unraveling the stories of creative professionals. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Creatives Prevail. I am not your usual wonderful host. My name is Moira, and today I'll be interviewing the man behind the mic, Mike Zimmerlich. We're switching things up today and learning more about Mike's life as an entrepreneur, the different roles he's had over the years, and what he's learned while making this podcast. This was honestly a lot of fun to be able to turn the tables and ask Mike the questions he's usually asking the guests, and I think a lot of you will appreciate what he has to say. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hey Mike, how's it going? Hey Moira, going, doing good, how are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. So I got a question for you. How right off the bat, okay. To be, right off the bat, right. How does it feel to be on the opposite side of things? I'm very excited. I... You know, I've been interviewed a number of times now and even before starting a podcast and I really like doing both. Actually, I love playing both roles because as a host, I can I get to learn somebody's story and just what what they're about and having these really interesting conversations. And I love the process of it. But sometimes being guest to is a lot of fun because I just get to talk about, you know, whatever the you know, whatever the host wants to talk about for a change and. Sometimes I know what that is, and sometimes I don't know what that is, and that's always exciting to me, too. So I actually really like playing both roles, to be perfectly honest. Cool. That's good to know. Uh, this is definitely a switch-up for everybody here on the podcast today. Uh, usually, you don't hear from me. I am the one that's behind the scenes doing all the editing things, and occasionally I'll be mentioned in an episode where it's like, yeah, no, my editor has got to do this real fast, and like, and usually it's making jokes about me. But today, I'm the one in the interview seat. It's going to be a very fun time, and it's not going to crash and burn. I'm putting that out there now. We're manifesting that. Yes. It's going to be great. It will not, no, you'll be, you'll be great. And the reason why I also mentioned you, Moira, is I, I do want to give you a shout out because you've been a part of this podcast since day one and cannot be more grateful for it. You've done a, such a fantastic job with every single episode and definitely is such a, it's such a, pe- a good peace of mind, I'll say that, that you... Um, take care of so many things behind the scenes. In fact, we had a conversation recently and you told me the work that you've done and I didn't even realize how much work you put into it because that's how good you are, is that you know, the episode come out come out so well and you put a lot of effort into it. I want to say thank you so much for all the work that you've done for the Creators to Prevail podcast. And as a creator as well, and this is why it's so important to have a team, is because you you can do more and you can do things better because there's more of you. I know that sounds really ridiculous, but it's true, right? It's like you need to have a team. That is true. Having a team is very important. And I feel like that is something that we both can agree on. And also, we've been on the same team before in multiple capacities, actually. So Mm -hmm, as as the kids say, teamwork makes the dream work, you know? Well, that's right. You've been uh, an intern for 8020 Records, and that's how we, we both met. So we worked with together mm-hmm. for, <laughs> I think I think you mentioned it not too long ago. It's been, what, seven years now? Something like that? Six, seven years? God, something like that. Oh, I'm trying to like do the math in my head, because I, I can't do math. That's why I'm a creative. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm kidding. That's, that's not how that works. But yeah, no, it's been, it's definitely been like around like the seven year mark for sure. <laughs> What was interesting about our first time meeting up was when I interviewed you, it was, it was very interesting because you were, I can tell you're very shy and I was trying to make it, you know, very, a lot more comfortable for you. And I was trying to get something out of you, right. To, to, to what, you know, 
I, when I, I, it's an internship position. I'm not expecting experience, but I want to make sure that I can get along with that person, right? And that, mm-hmm. that there would be a good fit with everything that we're doing. And uh, obviously there's the, the, the love for music, but then when you were talking about your, you know, that you loved, uh, you know, Marvel and Star Wars and all those things. I mean, we started ge- like for the rest of the interview, we just started geeking out and immediately I'm like, oh yeah, you're good. <laughs> right. It was great. Yeah. No, for, uh, I feel like also for longtime listeners, uh, one of, I don't even remember what episode number it would be at this point. Cause again, can't do math, but, uh, I was one of the earlier ish interview people on the podcast, uh, back with the old name change and everything. And I also feel like even in that interview, you could tell that I'm like usually very like shy and reserved person. And as the years have gone on, like I've definitely come more out of my shell and stuff like that as well. But yeah, especially back then, I was such a very, I mean, I still am a naturally like shy person, but I usually like, I'm always weird in new situations. I have to like feel it out. But then again, we started talking, even, I also remember there specifically being one meeting that we had and I was still just kind of like, I don't know how to, like, talk to people. I don't know how to give ideas. But, like, you had mentioned, like, a Marvel film. And, like, we just tangent for, like, so long. And then one of the other interns, Emily, who's also been on the podcast before a couple times, she had to be like, hey, guys, let's 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 bring it back to, to center. Like, we, gotta, we, got, we got things to talk about, you know? Yeah, she would bring us in many times in the meetings <laughs> because oh, yeah. of that reason. Yeah, I am the worst about tangenting because I'm like, oh, my God, you like that one thing? Let's just talk about that for the next 12 hours. And usually people are like, sick, let's do that. But the times it's like, no, we got to like, got to wrap it up. It actually worked. Yep. It did. Yes. So usually at this point, you start asking people, you know, like, like growing up, like, what's the story? Be like, I feel like we've, you know, learned a lot about you on this podcast already. There I don't I feel like there hasn't been like a stone that we haven't uncovered. But that being said. Is there something that you've never talked about on this podcast relating to your origins? That's a good question. Um, I mean, I do cover quite a bit. So I would say the one thing that I don't always talk about too much is that before I wanted to be an entrepreneur, I, I actually wanted to be a music teacher was what I originally was expecting. I would say up until high school is what I thought my profession would be. Music has always been a big part of my life. And so I thought, and I love to teach. And, and I, at the time I, I admired music teachers so much. It was a, they had a very big impact in my life. So I thought I was going to be a music teacher. And then when, when it came to senior year high school, when I did this, pro, uh, this project essentially on what was called market day and we, and my, my business, you know, what came to be my business partner, he was my classmate. We came up with, with an idea for market day for selling a product, which was like a video yearbook, essentially. That's when I got that entrepreneurial bug. And then ever since then, I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So from that point, it was just basically combining ideas. But I would say, gosh, I, I would say some things I probably haven't mentioned as much as the failures that I've had all in between, including within 8020 records. I mean, I, we did, I mean, we had a whole episode on failures within 8020 records actually. So with Emily, ironically, so we have talked about that, but even prior to 8020 records, I, I sometimes would talk about indie radio, which was the mm-hmm. website that my business partner and I developed, which was a way for independent musicians to upload music. And we would have our own internet radio stations for various genres. And then it would go automatically into rotation. And 
what was great about the site, especially at the time, keep in mind this was 2005, 2006. Mm-hmm. So this is like the time that Pandora just came out, Last FM just came out, but was still like at the time was internet radio was still unknown of where it was going to go. And our site, what was great about it is that it kept track of the last six hours of whatever it played. So if you listen to a song and said, hey, I really like that song, but I was you know busy doing homework or, you know, I was, you know, cleaning or whatever the case was, because that happens a lot, right? We use uh, in, in a radio station for essentially like background, if you will. But if there was something that you really, really liked, well, you don't have the time to check it, take a look at what that song actually is. Mm-hmm. So we kept track of the last six hours of what was played and we had uh, social profiles for every single artist. So you can click right then and there who the artist was or even a stream the song right then and there too. So that, that was something that, that nobody really was doing. Adv- yeah, that feels like really advanced for especially given that time period. Yeah, Zach yeah, was amazing. Like the- especially like the stream backlog catalog for six hours feel which i know like now like that's nothing because you can essentially because i know on spotify there's like a listen history like you can like access i don't remember how far back but it's like at least a few days maybe a couple weeks but like six hours especially for like that time so that seems like a lot so that's so cool especially two college kids who had no idea what they were doing with basic (laughs) server things back in like the mid 2000s you know it was so but you know, my business partner, Zach, who became business partner for 8020 Records, he was a co-founder of 8020 Records. He did all the coding. Like, he did all that work behind the scenes. He's a genius. And uh, I was I was the I was the idea guy of the team, right? So I was the one who came up with the ideas and the features and things like that. But Zach was the one who actually made it a reality and actually helped craft everything and put everything together. So... That was something that we were really proud of for that site, you know, right off the bat, just the two of us. We were full-time college students. We also had full-time jobs on top of that. And we just worked on this site on the side every, you know, every other weekend, when, whenever we had a chance to, to work on it, we did. And uh, yeah, it was something that we were really proud of. But the problem was that we were also just two college students with no money and didn't really know what to do with this. And when it came out, it was doing fine, but... By that point, Pandora was big. Last.fm was big at that point, too. You know, this was 2006, 2007. So by the time it actually was released. So we were just like deciding that, okay, we need, definitely need to do, go in a different direction. And that's actually how 8020 Records came about. But Indie Radio was, was the precipice for all those things. So it was, it was a wonderful failure for the right reasons. And, uh, but that was actually not our f- first business, I will say. There's something else I don't really talk about. The very first okay. business we had, <laughs> the very first business we had was a web design company. Oh, and I feel like this are, is new lore unlocked for me because like we've been yeah. friends for, for like a few years now. I feel like this is new lore unlocked for me. Yeah, that was, that was the very first company company. I'll put in quotations. Company we've ever formed was a web design company. This was literally we must have been like 18, 19 years old. We didn't know what we were doing, and. Real? But I want, wanted to do something, so he, uh, Zach and I decided we wanted to create a web design company, and we called it Imagination because Zach's last name is Nation. So we called it Imagination, okay. and uh, we tried to come up with a logo. Um, I'm pretty sure I used like the equivalent of MS Paint or something like that to come up with the logo. <laughs> and Listen, uh, nothing wrong with MS Paint, though. Nothing wrong with MS, but back then though, there was a lot wrong with MS Paint. So as far as using it for a logo design. Again, very long time ago. 
And so we, again, we didn't know what to do. We didn't even know how to price anything. We just, we just knew, I knew enough about web design as far as like coding is concerned and had some sort of business acumen a little bit. And, but Zach was the coder. Like he was the one, Zach was the coder, but I'm a naturally an introverted person. Zach's way more introverted than I am. So I'm the one who can go, kind of reach out and do things and kind of get things together. Uh, but Zach is the one who's, you know, he's, he's the, you know, he's the genius behind the scenes. You know, if, if you will, like a very, uh, a smaller version, if you will, of Steve Jobs to Steve Wozniak, right? It's like kind of like the duo, if you will. Um, so anyway, we had, ironically, Zach had a family friend who was a real estate agent and needed a website done. We had one meeting with her. And I don't remember what happened, but we didn't actually build a website. <laughs> and so I think we tried and it wasn't what she was looking for because again, we had no idea what we were doing. And so I think it was, I think it ended just, the, it ended right then and there. I think we tried and we're like, yeah, we have just no clue what, what we're doing here. And then we just stopped it. So that was the very first bit business, if you will, that we ever had. I don't remember if we got paid or not. I know where we quoted her a price, but I don't think we end up. I don't think we actually ended up charging her because the we like we tried and the website didn't work out, and then sort of like don't worry about it. So I do remember we quoted her, but yeah, I don't think we ended up. Uh, I don't remember if we did or not. No, that's. I, I definitely understand that bit, as a, as a creative myself who makes things on commission, and then especially starting out like as a teenager. And being like, oh, you didn't like this? That's fine. Just, just, just keep your money. Don't worry about it. We're all good. Yeah. Now we're now we're wiser for that. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's like we do the that's work the whole... for you. You're paying for. It. We'll fix it. But we're you're still paying us. Right. True. And that's the important thing. We learned. We grew. Yep. So kind of on the same subject of you know like unlocking Mike Lord because again new that was new for me. I didn't know that. So that's cool to know. Um, is there anything about you that would generally surprise people? if like they found out you know does that make sense um i curse like a sailor fair and you usually only get up even a piece of that the only times that it really comes out and it, it it's really funny um is that if i'm really really so i'm originally from new york so naturally new yorkers just curse a lot so <laughs> if i'm really really tired the accent, and you've, I think you've seen this happen, witnessed it a couple of times. So if I'm really tired, the New York accent really comes out and my filter really goes down and so I, I start cursing quite a bit when I'm really tired or frustrated or aggravated. Um, but that doesn't happen that often, so I don't end up cursing. I actually had a conversation with this not too long ago, and I realized uh, I, was, I was with my folks, actually, and we're talking about it, and I joked about how the most I curse is around my own parents. That's the by far the most I curse because my filter is so low because they're from New York and we're, that's just like how we talk. Mm -hmm. So our filter is so ridiculously low with each other that I will curse probably the most with them. The only other time is if I'm on like Discord with friends and playing a game, depending upon my mood. If I if I my filter is very low, I will curse a lot um, when I'm playing games with, my, with when I'm playing Fair games enough. with my friends. Because again, it's with friends, so I don't care. And if it's people that I'm really comfortable with, but it's so funny because if I if it slips out outside of that, people are like, "Oh gosh, Mike, you curse! I've never heard you curse before." 
And this is so funny because it, to me is that a good part of my life is being a professional. And to me, that's how I want to portray myself as a professional. Like I don't, I don't mind, you know, when something slips, but I try, I try not to, cause I don't want anybody else to feel uncomfortable. Right. I want to have that kind of persona for myself. Uh, but outside of that, when I'm like, when I'm just me, like just hanging out with people, whatever the case is, even then I don't really curse that much, but when I, I'm, I'm a competitive person. So when I'm playing a game and I'm really into it, then, then, then the expletive fly, that's for sure. That is fair. No, I, going back to you saying that I've seen it before, uh, the one that I vividly, well, there's two technically. The first time I think I really heard like the, the accent especially come out, I think it was, again, you, myself and Emily, we were all getting together for a meeting, but it was like, I think early in the morning or we were all tired. I remember that, but you, you basically like your accent slipped and you said coffee. And then for like, yes. like for like a year or so, it was just me and Emily being like, oh, we're going to get coffee. And we're like, shut up. <laughs> I hate you guys. And then especially like yep. with the accent and also coming out with like you're aggravated or like just really angry. Uh, there was an event that we worked at uh, st- still while I was an intern. And like it just, it, it, I'm not going to name the name just because, you know, for posterity's sake. But I remember it, we were helping, like, tear down and everything. And, like, you were like, giving me a ride back to wherever. I think I was living in the dorms at that point still at ASU. I don't remember. But you were like, giving me a ride back to wherever I was living at the time. And you were just, like, talk, ranting about the whole time. And just as, as the rant got angrier, the accent came out more and more. And also the, the words kept flying more and more as well. And I, I think like, I remember that ride very well. Yep. Yeah, it was, like, so <laughs> late at night, too. Oh, my God. It was, like close to midnight as well so it was tired angry and frustrated yeah that 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 point you're getting you're getting full new yorker mic at that point that that, that that's <laughs> my accent's definitely gonna come out and i'm definitely going to curse i'm also driving too if somebody pisses me off on the road it's a way for me to vent it's like oh mm-hmm. again i'll just i'll just curse and i'm sure i i definitely have done that a couple times when driving <laughs> yes. around also, like, you'll call me occasionally while you drive, and it'll just be, like, we'll just be in the middle of a conversation, and, you, and you're like, well, bleep, you know? Yep. Yep, that'll happen sometimes, too. <laughs> so true. All right. Well, so, you know, it's it's been a few years since we've had the podcast going. Maybe not a few. Well, how does math work? No? We'll say Over a three few. years it's now. More, yeah, so, yeah, it's more than two. So a few is correct. I wasn't over, like, dra- dramatizing that. But it's been a few years since the podcast has been going, and you've recorded only a couple of episodes, you know, just just a small amount. Just a small um, amount. Is there something that you expected to come out of podcasting, whether on a positive or negative side, that hasn't happened or hasn't really come to fruition or anything like that? Ooh. Um, one of the things I've been working on recently is trying to expand the audience of the podcast. And very, I'm very, I'm so happy. And I want to, I want to, uh, state this first is that I love doing this podcast to me. I am so, so grateful for the people that listen to this podcast. It means a lot to me. And I've had a number of you actually approach me saying, Oh, you know, I listen to the podcast and I really enjoy it. And that means the world to me. And I know there are colleagues and friends and family that listen and as well as people that I've never met before. And that means the world to me. And to me, that's why it doesn't matter to me whether it's just one person listening or you know hundreds or thousands of people listening. I just love to do this. Having said that, though, is that I do appreciate the challenge of trying to grow the podcast. 
because of the fact that I enjoy it so much. So it's not necessarily an expectation, but it's more or less that for myself and for everyone else, honestly, for that matter, I want to see how far I can take this. And, and as you know, as a creator, a lot of times things go on the sidelines, especially for your own work, right? In oh, yeah. the work that we do, you know, I, we have a, a creative agency called Omelet Prevail. And of course, there's 8020 Records, the record label. A lot of the work that we do is for others. And so that ends up usually taking the priority. And I cannot stress enough of making sure that you take the time for yourself, for your own business, for your own needs. And that's something that I've been working on more and more fairly, fairly recently, in fact, is making sure that I'm taking the time for myself and to, and to improve the projects that I have. And one of them is this podcast. And that's the thing that I really want to do more, especially coming into 2024, is to find ways that to grow the podcast. Not that I, that I expect it. It's just uh, it's a challenge for me to see, can I? That's the question I'm asking myself is, can I grow this? And if so, how far can I take it? I definitely understand that. I feel like that's a question that a lot of creatives, especially on like the entrepreneurial side of things or just self-made, self-run side, tend to ask that question of how do I grow my audience? How do I take whatever I'm already doing, take that further and help it grow? So I feel like that's a very standard fair question and also just good lessons to actively learn upon and also just teach yourself every day. And one on of the, the subject, oh, no, no, sorry. I was going to say one no. more thing. It's like one of the things that I, one of the things that I've been telling creators and I like to say creators now, which includes of course, music artists. That's mm-hmm. my background is in the music industry, but not just music artists, but this applies to podcasters, streamers, you know, anybody in the, in that type of field, any kind of, honestly, any kind of creative field. But number one thing is, do you enjoy it? That's the number one thing, right? Whether you have an audience of zero or a million, do you enjoy the process? Do you enjoy the journey? Because it is a journey. It's going to be rigorous. It's going to have tons of up and downs. It's going to be a a struggle. Do you enjoy that process? Right? That's number one. Number two then is, I like, I like to say it this way, but is it a thing? Meaning, okay, I like it. Do others like what I'm doing? You know, Fair and that could be graphic ask. design work that you're doing. It could be a podcast, whatever it can, it, whatever it is, right? Is, is this a thing? Meaning, is there enough interest there for me to do something else with this? Right? Because I know sometimes creators will go into it saying, oh, I'm going to do this for this particular audience. And they put all this expectations on them themselves that the work that they're doing is going to attract other people, which, mm-hmm. you know, you could be the best musician in the world, or you could be like, you know, you could be the best graphic designer in the world. But if you are not reaching to the right audience or just might, or you may be just ahead of your time or whatever the case is, you know, it doesn't, you know, that's not going to help you in whatever you want to do with it, whether it's to make money from it or to build a fan base, whatever the case is. It's not your decision to make. It isn't. It's everybody else that's essentially going to make that decision, right? So you have zero control over that. But you can but you can still put it out there, of course, and seeing what that interest level is. Is it a thing? Right? And it's really it is a gut reaction to know, okay, do I have something here or not? Right. And if you do have something, then going, okay. 
now how far can I take this? Mm-hmm. Is again not expectation of I never use the words now. Can I you know it you know let's make this full time now? That was a big mistake that I made earlier earlier on. Where okay this I'm liking it has something going on with it. I'm gonna make it now full time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I missed a step. I missed a step in there where it's okay. Can I? Can I take this to the next level, right? Where can I get to a point where realistically I can do this full time or I can make money from this or I'm getting a good audience size that I feel proud of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that I want to, con- you know, and continue to go and see how far I can, how, how far can I go with this, right? And right. I, I just feel, personally, I feel so much more calmer, if you will, and much more... uh I just feel a lot more at ease of things to be perfectly honest, because now there's no more pressure. There's no more pressure on me of saying, Oh, I have to make this work or I have to make money from this, or I have to do those things because a, at the end of the day, I enjoy doing it anyway. So as long as I'm getting something out of it in some form or fashion, I'll continue doing it. And that's, what's great about it too, is if at some point in time, if I don't feel like I'm getting anything out of it anymore, I can just stop because there's no pressure in that expectation that I'm supposed to make it this grander than it is. So mm-hmm. if you just find it at, that you just get tired of creating that, that thing that you were working on, whatever that might be, that's totally okay. Yeah. And you can just move on and do something, uh, do something different at that point. But I really liked that perspective on things of that. Take it one step at a time, but you always have that mentality of that. I, enjoy this first. And if at any point in time, I'm not no longer enjoying this, then I have to change something. And that may be in, in changing the process or, or changing to do something completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's a really good outlook on, on things. And also I feel like just a very important lesson that has, that has been learned, you know? So I feel like, especially as someone, as a creative who goes from like having something as a hobby and then trying to like turn it into a full-time thing I do feel because that's kind of how it was for me was I was a hobbyist creative and then you actually were the one that was like why don't you make this a career and I was like you're right why don't I so I feel like sometimes the jump between making something from a hobby into a, a full-time career that the, that one that middle step t- tends to get lost speaking of lessons learned is there anything that this podcast has shown you or taught you since starting the podcast? Or I guess maybe not even the podcast, but because you've talked about like lessons that you've learned over the years as being a creative, but I've always wondered if there's something specifically that the podcast has taught you. That I can do this. And I said that like that, I'll, I'll, there's actually a lot of things, but the fact that I never thought in a million years I would ever be a podcaster. I never thought mm-hmm. that I would have, that I had that in me. And so the fact that I did it and tried it and now I've been doing it for over three years is still boggles my mind. So that's something that I learned about myself is that I have this capability of doing this and I have the confidence now of doing this. So Mm -hmm. that, that is, that is definitely something that I've learned and also how even people that I really didn't think would have the time or availability to talk to me did and i'll give you a story when we first started the podcast i knew that i wanted to first of all i took a year 
before even releasing a single episode. In fact, most of the first episodes I've ever done will never see the light of day because they're that that they're te- that terrible. But I practiced for about a year, and yeah, a year seems like a long time. That's because it was definitely not my priority. You know, it, I had a lot of other things going on, so it was just here and there when I could. I scheduled some interviews with some friends, family, colleagues, and just interview, just got practice with them. But then, when I made the decision that okay, I want to release the podcast. I wanted two things. One was I wanted enough of a runway where we had enough episodes where I could get it started because I also know myself is if I jump into something right away and put that pressure on me to keep it consistent, I will never do it. I'll do it once and then I'll stop. So that's why I take my time on a lot of these things is because I want to get the practice in. And then if it's something that I need to do consistently, I want to have enough of a runway because in my mind goes, oh, cool. I have enough of a runway so I can, you know, I can pace myself accordingly. And then once once you, even if you no longer have the runway, once it becomes habit, then I'm set. And that's what the podcast was. I had enough of a runway where I knew like, okay, if I didn't have time, like I have some episodes here, I can just kind of throw in whenever I wanted to. And that gave me that, uh, I guess that laxing feeling, if you will. Like, like I, was, I felt very calm about the whole process because I knew I had a backup. I knew I had something there that I can jump into if I wasn't on top of things. And that became habit. And now, even now, I mean, you know, as well as I do, sometimes we'll, you know, we'll start running out of a runway of content. Sometimes we'll have to cat- play catch up a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. But I think out of over three years, I think we only missed like one or two weeks. And that's usually because we needed to take a break or something came up. And outside of that though, we've consistently released episodes weekly Mm -hmm. on, on this podcast. And I know that that's not easy to do. It really isn't to do, to do it weekly. So, but that's how I got. So that's was something that I did from the get go. And then one of the other things that, I discovered was okay I wanted to have right off the gate some notable guests because I knew that right away if I was going to make some sort of statement as far as what this podcast is going to be like I wanted to be somebody that was like had some sort of name to it I didn't want the whole podcast to be that I wanted from even from day one wanted uh, individuals with all kinds of experience known unknown different backgrounds I always wanted that from day one, but I did want to have at least a couple right off the bat. So I reached out to a couple of individuals to see if they would be interested and knowing full well that even if I had just one, I would have been happy, right? If I had just one of those being like, okay, I got a notable guest to start it off with, I would have been a happy camper. And I reached out to three to start with just to see what their reactions were. Mm -hmm. All three came back and said, yes. And I was amazed. So the very first guest that we had was, um, was Alex Auger from, uh, who at the time was working for orange amplifiers. Yeah. So I think he was, I think he was the very first person that I reached out to that was outside of my outside of like they were, they were in my network but i was not mm-hmm. like close to him or anything like that he was one of the first right. people that i asked that was, i was not particularly close to to ask to be a part of the interview the other person was 
Herman Lee from the band Dragon Force. Right, which that still was. I still think about that sometimes. It's like, whoa, like that was that was an interview that we did. That's yeah, that still blows my mind even now that that Herman was so nice enough to to be interviewed on the podcast right off right off the gate, and mm-hmm. Kevin Lyman was was the yeah. other one. So those three individuals and I am so so thankful and grateful that right off the gate with this podcast that they were willing to give their time for me to interview them as the first episode. So I was not expect I was I if any one of them just said yes, I would have been ecstatic. But the fact that all three of them came back and said yes, that really amazed me. And realized that there are a lot of people that have no problems giving their time. Like they they would love to spend the time to be interviewed on the podcast. You know, so you you'd be surprised. And that was a really good lesson to learn early on that the more and more that I've done this and the more and more of not just doing this podcast, but being part of the music industry and expanding my network and relationships, honestly, nobody's really out of reach. Mm-hmm. It, it's true. It, you know, you may, the worst case scenario is you get no response. That's the right. worst case scenario, right? Best case scenario is you get, you just get a, uh, you get a yes, right? Usually you'll end up in between either it will be mm-hmm. a no or not now. And yeah. I would say out of everybody that I've ever reached out to that actually has responded back, which has been quite a number of them. Most people will respond back to me. Most of the time it's never been a no. It's usually a not now if it was a no. Mm-hmm. Which fair. Yeah. So, scheduling, you know, right. Scheduling priorities and things like that too, which is totally understandable. That's understandable. Right. But as long as you're respectful and reaching out to them, you know, most of the time, you know, they're, they're, they're happy to, to, to talk to you and to, and to give you their knowledge and expertise on something. And especially the people that we were reaching out to, right. We were not reaching out to, you know, obviously people that get interviewed all the time or anything like that. We, we, we intentionally went after, for example, like labels and managers, people that normally don't get interviewed that as often as let's say the creators themselves. So they're like sometimes very shocked. They're like, wait, you want to interview me, not my client. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I think that also helped a lot too. But then, you know, but we also talked to tons of creators as well. And just, you just don't know until you actually go out there and, and ask them. And it does help. I mean, it does definitely help if you already know them. And fortunately, uh, Alex from Orange, as well as Kevin Lyman and Herman Lee, I've already had prior communication or some sort of relationship with them before the podcast. And that's why I was comfortable asking them because I already, they already knew me in some form or fashion, not well, but they at least knew who I was. And that's also why I intentionally selected them was for that reason. I knew that it would be a lot easier for me to ask them to, to be a part of a podcast that hasn't even been released yet in comparison to somebody that had no idea who I was. And I, I do agree with your point that, like, um, I feel like becoming, like, a professional or just especially getting into the entertainment industry in general, it's just you suddenly have just you suddenly realize that no one is out of reach. And because I remember being like, oh, like, I remember being like a not necessarily a kid, but like just the expectation of like, oh, my God, like that's a celebrity or that's some someone high profile. I could never get in contact with them. But, like, I, honestly, everyone's usually down to do stuff. And like you said, the worst thing that's going to happen is that you're not going to get a response or it'll be a no. But usually it's either a not right now 
check in later, or like on the cool occasion, you get a yes. And again, like I feel like that's something just like coming in as a someone in the entertainment industry. That's just something that you you start to find out, and it's kind of cool because like it also like. I also feel like a lot of people have an issue with putting higher profile people like up on a pedestal and it's just this and being able to like reach out and say, Hey, like, do you want to do this thing? It kind of brings everything back down to earth. Like these are just people like, like, like Herman Lee's just a person. Kevin Lyman's just a person. They're not just, they're not this like big celebrity. That's like, not, that's like, Oh, I, I, I don't talk to peasants, you know, like, like it's just, they'll talk to people. Now, obviously, there are peop- there are higher profile people that have that problem, and they're like, "Ew, no, you're not a celebrity. I don't want to talk to you." Like, and but obviously, that's not the case for everybody. No, yeah. in fact, that's it. Usually, is it, that's definitely few and far yeah, between. Very few and far between. But like, obviously, there are people out there like that because you know people are weird sometimes. I- at different levels too. Like I've seen yeah. like super low, like see people that are not necessarily, you know, you know, super uber famous to act that way too. Right. And then, Hey, to each their own, like that's totally right. their, their thing. And I, I, I don't judge on those things, but you do get that on, uh, you know, on occasion, but it's very, very rare. Most of the time, usually people are very kind and giving, at least from my personal experience. But I also right. try to surround myself with people that are kind and giving anyway. So mm-hmm. I, I, I intentionally go after that environment. True. And I feel like that's a good, a good idea. And just in general for everybody. So we've talked about over the years, and you've also on the podcast have talked about how you've done a lot of different roles. And, you know, and once one could say that you've put on a lot of different hats, you know, which haha, you, you like to wear hats. Yes. Fedora. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Quick little true. anecdote for everybody at home. Um, Mike's name in my phone is Fedora the Explorer. And it has been that name <laughs> since 2018. Yeah, that was the it's first been, name I went to. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, you know, it's actually, yeah, I use, I use that sometimes as my screen names too. It's funny. <laughs> yes. So yes, the man with the fedora is a man that wears a lot of different hats. Um, are there any occupations or jobs that you've thought about trying out but haven't tried out yet? Film producer. Okay. I feel like you'd be really good at that. Thank you. I, I love film. I love all kind. I love, honestly love all forms of entertainment. I love them all. I love music. I love film. I love video games. I love television. I, I, I'm huge, huge into enter- all kind- forms of entertainment. So Two pop culture nerds right here. Yeah, exactly. So I, I love and I'm fascinated by all of those things. And ironically, as much as a gamer as I am, I actually feel that I would be better suited for film. And I can definitely see myself being a film producer. And it's actually been something that I've been toying with here and there. And, you know, I still love the music industry and I'm so ingrained into it. And I don't you know, expect to, to make that kind of a switch because it is a, it, there. There are a lot of similarities, but it is totally different industries at the mm-hmm. same time True. is that might be that might be a, a a different career path for myself in the future. I mean, it's definitely something that I've been consi- you know have considered. But um, yeah, I think film producer is definitely one of the top ones. I really been getting a lot of passion into photography and videography, but I don't know if I want to necessarily do that as a profession. I just like to doing it as you know as a hobby, if you will. I mean, if I can get good enough at it to to be to <laughs> to release things that are passable. 
then sure. But I don't think I would necessarily would want to do that as a profession because I like, again, you mentioned I wear so many hats. I like, I like positions where I get to wear many hats, which is why I like to do, you know, be in the producer position, right? Because you get to do lots of different things um, and be a part of many different things. Uh, that's what excites me is that there's different things, there's different challenges, there's diff different aspects of things because I'm definitely not the person that likes to do things over and over again. I don't like to be repetitive on the work I do. There are many that do and if that if you're one of them, kudos to you because I give you a lot of credit for <laughs> for want, like liking that because it gets so chaotic when you when you can't be repetitive in the work that you do. But for me, I I like to change things up. I like to Hat, you know, be thrown challenges or or try something new, and yes, have some sort of familiar base to it. But I like like that variety in the work that I do. Mm -hmm. Nice. No, I, I feel like film producer, you do a really good job of doing that because like you've Thank you. you've helped like I mean you've, it's a little different, but like you've helped direct a couple of music videos, especially for, for eighty twenty artists. And I you just also seem like such a good storyteller, and like just you have like that you have the creative vision, if you will. But like you have just a vision where I really feel like that would that'd be a really cool fit. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Of course, yeah. What's one lesson in life that you've learned from any of the creative outlets that you've gone through that you feel like everyone should learn at some point in their life? I would say, and I, I am repeating myself a little bit, but I can't emphasize this enough, is that do it for yourself first. And don't have, don't, especially in the beginning, don't put any expectations on yourself either. And I know that sounds a little counterproductive, but I personally feel so much happier um, and more satisfied in my life when I didn't put those kind of pressure on me. And because I didn't need it to, to pursue, right? I want to pursue and I want to be better, but that's because I want to be better for myself. And it's more about the challenge than the expectation. And I would say with 8020 records, I've put myself through a lot of stress and pressure because I had this expectation that I couldn't fail. And it wasn't even about failing myself is that I didn't want to fail everyone else. I didn't want to fail my business partner at the time. I didn't want to fail the artist that I was representing. I didn't want to fail my team. And... I realize I put so much of that pressure on myself that I've way overextended on what I really should be doing. And for me, I realize that I have to take care of myself first. And I have to enjoy what I'm doing. And I can't put unrealistic expectations on myself or on others. And... For that reason, I felt so much more relieved when doing this podcast, but even like the creative agency Omelette Prevail, right? It's still, I mean, it's still in its infancy. It's, it's not even a year old yet. And I, I have high hopes for what it can do and I believe in what can it do, but I don't have any necessarily any expectations yet from it because it's still so, it's still so new, you know, it may work out, you know, it may, you know, it may become a multi-million dollar company. It may be enough, you know, it may be where that's my, now my full time is doing the creative agency or it may crash and burn. And it did not do anything that 
I expected it to do. But I don't feel the pressure or stress anymore about any of those situations because there's no way to know. I can try my best and put, you know, put my heart and soul into it, which I always will do. But it's no longer the expectation of making sure it like that it has to work. It's that I'm going to do my best that I can to try and make this work. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And if it does, I want to make sure that it's still something that I feel fulfilled in. So wise words, wise thoughts, definitely. So I'm going to start wrapping us up here. Um, but I'm gonna, I have a lot of like fun questions for you. We're going to start with a classic here, uh, but we're also going to switch it up a little bit. You get, you get, you, there's two parter here to this. You get an option, multiple choice. So you can either talk about, because you might have mentioned it already in the podcast, but we can either talk about the first concert you've ever been to, or we can talk about your dream concert lineup or even a festival lineup. Oh man, those are both really good. So <laughs> we can technically talk about both. So I I gotta be honest, I don't really remember the first concert I've ever went to. Okay. I don't I don't so I will say this. The first rock concert that I that I can remember me going to was Actually, in my college years, okay, I was a late bloomer when it came to going to shows. That's what's so weird. Uh, not weird, but different about me when it came to starting a record label. I probably was the last person you would possibly ever think of to start a record label back then. Because, you know, I'm a nerd. Like, that's how I was. Like, I was a very, in- I was an introverted nerd. I was super into technology and playing games and going to, and going to the movies. Like, that was, you know, my- and going to Disney. Like, that was... Like, that's what my life was. And I hung out with my friends. Like, that was my life, was that. And so I never thought of myself in a million years I would just be going out to rock concerts, like, every night. Like, that just Fair never enough. was my thing. And I think it was the time of indie radio. And one of my favorite bands what is the New Pornographers. They're, mm. I, I love them. And... Uh, that was actually Zach's favorite band too. And he, so he introduced me to, to the new pornographers in college and they were playing in Tucson. And I remember Zach and I going to that show in Tucson and seeing them live. And I think that was one of the very first times that I actually saw a band that I really liked perform live. Nice. That's so cool. Awesome. So, right, so another, Oh, and I was gonna say, so I'm pretty sure I've been, probably been into concerts prior to that, but that's the first one I remember of a band that I actually like listened to that I actually got to see see perform live. I think that was the first one. Gotcha, gotcha. Fair enough. Do you want to talk about a dream concert lineup at all, or or, uh, or is that a bit still too living a question? Uh, living dead, still together, not together anymore? Does it make a difference? Yeah, honestly, just full gambit. You know, like if you could like cherry pick just. No matter if they're living, dead, whatever. I know this will be a little bit of eclectic lineup, um, but I would definitely say Chili Peppers. And these are bands I've seen before, but this would be okay, like, so this enough. would be like my perfect lineup. Uh, Chili Peppers. Okay. Jimmy Eat World. Okay. Stand Atlantic. Okay. And and I would put in the the new pornographers. If I was like to have my like my like if I was gonna pick like four acts to put all back to back to back, like that that would probably be the oh uh, and cake as well. I have to throw in cake Fair. there too. Cake is good. 
So I feel like that's not a bad lineup. It's like you and I, I kind of designed it. And it's just, just I can't help myself. It's like I try to design it to start with the super chill and then get into the, like the 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 more harder you know kind of mm-hmm. bands. And I like to pick the ones that I just thoroughly like enjoy watching them perform. And every single one of those bands, I I would you know I would stick around from start to finish and pay attention to what you know to the entire performance because they're nice. just all all of them are just amazing. Nice. That's so cool. All right. So another classic and a goodie that for this podcast, but we also has multiple choice part to this as well. So what is your go-to song to either sing in the car or the shower, or what is your go-to like crying song? Kind of similar vibes, but it's like, do you have like, so it's like either like, what's your like, go-to like cry in the car or shower song, or what's your just like general like go-to song? Oh, I know what they are. Um, okay. Go to song singing in the car. Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. <laughs> Period. Love that. I'll belt that song out, and I have a terrible voice, but I don't care who's in the car with me. That's probably gonna get sung. So, uh, that would be my go-to song to sing in the car. My crying song. There's a there's a number of them, um, but the one that comes to mind is uh, "Crash and Burn" from Savage Garden. That song will oh, okay. like I'll sing that song, and that will make me cry every single time. Yes. All right. Also, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, but speaking of like the Backstreet Boys, I want it that way. One of their cold opens is... Uh, like, I've seen it. Whole lineup. Okay, you seen the, the, the cold open? Yes. <laughs> I think about that. Like, Every time I hear that song, I think about that in my head. It's so good. I loved it. And I, 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 I kid you not, like every time I see that skit, I want to start singing along with them. I just like, it's, uh, it's, it's such a song, great song to sing along to. So yeah, that's definitely my go-to. Um, yeah, that's definitely my go-to singing song for sure. Alrighty. So, uh, next one for you. Are there any questions you wish that I would have asked you during this interview? Ooh. I mean, honestly, you did a great job. I'm just going to say this right away. It's like, I think you did a fantastic job. These were questions I was not expecting coming. I didn't know what to expect, to be perfectly honest, but you definitely took the effort in finding questions that normally things I don't talk about. And I, that's something that I really did appreciate. So I didn't, I, that's the thing is like, I didn't have any expectations coming into this. I was very, when you, cause you brought it up about doing this reverse interview. Yes. And so I loved that idea and I wanted you to run with it. So I didn't want to really know too much about it because I wanted to go into it fresh. So I would say that, you did a fantastic job of asking me things and intentionally trying to find things that I normally don't discuss. Cause you're right. Is that during this podcast, I have talked quite a bit about myself and that is also intentional because of course it's about the guests and by far I let the guests talk about themselves the majority of the time. But also I think it's important for me as a host for people to know a little bit more about me and also finding things that will let me be relatable to the guests as well. So if I find something that is, that connects with me and my past, I'll try to talk about that as well and try to be open because not only does it give a little bit of an insight into who I am as a person, but hopefully also makes the guests a little bit more comfortable talking to me as well. So, uh, but yeah, but that's why I really appreciate the fact that you went out of the way to try to find those things that I normally don't discuss uh, when it comes to the podcast. Also, for like quick context for everybody, uh, I was actually in the middle of editing one of these episodes, and I like texted Mike out of the blue because I just had this 
massive brain thought because I don't remember what the question was, but you had mentioned something and you started talking about something that you hadn't like really talked about on the podcast before. And I was just like, what if we do a reverse interview? Because I was like, well, I now want to, no, you'd ask somebody a question and like you'd kind of give it an answer, but I was like, well, I want to know what the answer is. I was like, well, what if we flip it on its head and I ask you the questions? So that's where we came out. I the one thing I I will say this I'm sorry I I apologize you were asking me about uh uh one thing that I was expecting you to this is not a disappointment by by any means but when you were asking about the fun questions I was I I thought you were gonna throw like something Marvel or Star Wars or something like that in there (laughs) and like really give me like a real hard one to try to answer about it I really thought about it so that was the only thing that I was thinking like, oh, maybe you'll throw something in there. Like, you know, what my favorite Star, Star Wars film or Marvel film is. Or if I had to pick t- between two of these, like something that is just like so hard for me to like answer, like really throw me a curveball. <laughs> All right. Well, fine. We, we can do that. We can do that right now. I got two. Oh, uh, right I should now. see it. This, this is what happens. I should not have said something. <laughs> so definitely on the nerdier side, but a bit more niche. Um, if you had to pick one Star Trek generation, what would it be? A generation TNG for sure. Okay, fair. A good answer. To be fair, T- TN- TNG Deep Space Nine Voyager that generation. But yep. also, I gotta be biased. That's what I grew up on. Fair. And now I personally still think that it, I I always look at it open perspective and think that it's still the strongest series out of all of them. And you know, I know a lot of people love the original series. I love the original series as well. It's just a little hard for me to go through because again, it's because of the time that was. Cre- I appreciate what it is but it's a little hard for me to enjoy it as much because of the time that was created um you know it was not it doesn't hold my attention as much as let's say the next generation or deep space nine or voyager does i thoroughly enjoyed enterprise um, season Mm -hmm. three and four specifically um Mm -hmm. you know but i also consider that not part of the that generation like the that generation was tng Deep Space Nine and Voyager, and though there are each one of those has its pros and cons, of course, and we can go into the go super nerdy into that. But I <laughs> that but could be that, a podcast episode all on its own on just on just Star Trek stuff. But I would say that those those three series uh, specifically, that's my go to. Nice. Good answers. Some would say those are the only answers, um, but you know, I will enjoy them all. Also, I I thoroughly I'm enjoy all of them. Yeah, yeah, I thoroughly so enjoy all of them. TNG especially. Yep. So good. I have to, I should go back and rewatch it. It's been so long. Uh, Alright, so next one for you. We're gonna keep on the nerdy side of things. Um if you had to pick one of the trilogies or just one I know, let's make it harder. If you had to pick one Star Wars Star Wars film that you like pick one, the rest of them had to go, which one would it be? It okay. Well, there's going to be two, like, there'll be two sort of responses. If you're looking okay. for enjoyment or, qual- or quality, if you're looking for quality, it's Empire Strikes Back. Okay, fair. If you're looking for enjoyment, it's A New Hope, ironically. No, I can that's... watch. An, I, I can watch A New Hope over and over again, and I love A New Hope. Like, I, I can, you know, the very first one, I, 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 I can watch that a million times. The the I can't tell you how many times I've watched that film and seen the trench run scene, and I still get goosebumps to this day. And I I don't even know how many times I watched that. I still get goosebumps on that one on that in the trench run scene. So, I I think for me it's like if everything had everyone uh, every other film had to go, it would uh, 
Except for one, it would have to be uh, Star Wars A New Hope. Fair enough. Yeah. Also, I feel like that's a solid answer as well. All right. And then we'll ask a Marvel question because we just got, we got to round it out, you know? Of course. Um, I don't want to be basic and say, what's your favorite Marvel um, movie? Because that just, that also just, there's just so much. Um, is there a Marvel, I guess, like series from the MCU that you've enjoyed more than the others? Like if you had to keep one, throw the rest out, what would it be? Captain America. Fair enough. Because solid set. It's a solid set. Even the first Avenger. I really enjoyed it. I like the mm-hmm. fact that it's a period piece. It's uh, uh it's enjoyable, it's fun. Um it's it's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find. And then they really then ramped up the quality when it came to Winter Soldier and Civil Winter War. Winter Soldier, I feel like is one of the best MCU films. Genuinely. Still, clearly. Oh yeah. It is just from- so good. It is really well done, and I would say from a quality standpoint. So here's the here's the thing: is that from a quality standpoint, number one would be Winter Soldier. From an enjoyment standpoint, it would clearly be Civil War. But then from a feel good, I guess if you will, standpoint, it would be the first Avenger. So each one d- brings something different to the table, uh, where the other series there usually is like one or so that are kind of lacking. So for me, there, you know, it's it's. For me, it's, it's very clear that's the most solid trilogy of them, and I can watch any one of those at any given point in time. No problem. Yeah. Solid answer. So, last question for you. Not as fun. So, usually round this out by asking people if you could give a, a piece of advice to anybody like going to the creative field, what would that be? But we're going to flip it on its head a little bit. And what is one piece of advice that you wish you could have given yourself growing up, or even just starting as an entrepreneur? It's okay to fail. Solid answer. Um, I put, again, I put so much pressure on myself, even like with indie radio, even before 8020 records, I was so excited about making something work. And because I saw my, you know, because my parents are entrepreneurs themselves and I see them making a living and have that lifestyle of the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And that's what I wanted for myself. And it's really, 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 really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think for myself is I, I didn't want to feel like I was a failure, that this wasn't like, I didn't want it to be that this was not the right choice for myself. And because that was the direction that I decided that I wanted to go. So I wanted to do whatever it took to make that work. And, you know, it's a struggle. I mean, honestly, most of my, career the businesses i've created were always a side business most most of that time i had a full full full-time position ironically working for my folks they have a software company and i did technical support for them full-time that was the majority of the time i had that income coming in and you know because it is really hard to make something work and i held on so long on so many things to try to make it work. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily say to a fault because I feel that if I stopped short earlier, then I would have that question of, well, what if I held on a little bit longer? Right. But mm-hmm. again, I put so much stress on myself to making things work when I really didn't know if it would or not. So 
I think that looking back, I would tell myself that it's okay to fail. Fail quicker. Fair enough. As I probably would say, it's like fail quicker, change faster. That's really solid advice, honestly. Well, thank you so much for letting me have my little brain worm and also just letting me do this reverse interview. I had a lot of fun, personally. Oh, this was a blast. Thank you so much for doing this. This was a lot of fun. (laughs) Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Creatives Prevail. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave us a review. They are an immense help. Now go out there and make something happen.